Welcome to Piecing It All Together. I'm Randy Woodley. And I am Edith Woodley. And I'm Bo Sanders. And today, we're going to take a tour around the farm. We're walking around, we're going to talk about resurrecting Ayla Hay. A campaign that launched today. Yeah, this is kind of like a um, like Stolen Dreams Revived mm. kind of day. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting because it's a new beginning again for Ayla Hay. So let's talk about the three different states. Uh, in the past, we were uh, originally down in Kentucky. Now we're going to have this conversation in Oregon, and we're hoping in the future to end up in New Mexico. Yeah. So talk That's us the plan. <laughs> so talk us through that. Talk us through the Kentucky part of this story. Well, we we ended up in Kentucky because of a dream that I had. So I had an actual dream, you know. Uh, it's not just a metaphorical dream. It was a dream about a place in Cherokee country that was um, a sort of a cultural renewal center. Um, it was a, a place for um, a teaching and mentoring and, and raising up native leaders and all those kinds of things, creating jobs. It was kind of our model. So we used to have this model uh, that we use and, and still do really um, to, that, that deals with the whole person because um, you part, part of the problem in Indian country is that people try to piecemeal everything together and we have to look at whole people and whole communities in whole communities in order to actually make a difference so we were trying to make a difference in all of that and i had this this dream which became the vision <clears throat> what we call the alahay vision and um we should probably say right away what alahay means right so alahay is a cherokee indian word and it it means the fullness abundance um uh, sort of um, prospering. The land is giving uh, everything that people need. It's it's uh, bountiful. Mm. Nobody's hungry. Nobody's at war. It's the state of being that um, that Creator wants everybody to be in. And I think it's indigenous to all cultures if we think about it. So, so that whole idea um, of Elahe, the Elahe vision, was um, trying to be fulfilled there in Kentucky and. Um, and, and that's where we started, and we were we were really doing well, having great success, and and uh, um, I was studying for my PhD at the same time. It was a busy time in our lives, but we had a lot of help from a lot of people out there. Um, a lot of people gave of themselves and their funds and other things to to help us get going, and and uh, you know, kind of was our launch into this. You know, when we were, what, 16, 17 years younger than we are now. So. Yeah, but we were we were a community. Mm. You know, we, uh, Kentucky was a time of um, real community for me. This first time I've ever lived in community. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things that you got to learn. Yeah. Uh, the do's and don'ts and... Mm how to work with other families and how to confront issues and how to rejoice and have fun and mm. stuff like this. And so, um, but that's what we were doing. Mm. We were doing that. Finally, uh, Randy's dream came our dream and, 
um, we put it to life, and we were experiencing community. Mm. And it was, um, we had a lot of fun. And we also had some, you know, a few rough little patches along the way, but, you know, um, that that happens in community, right? You had quite the setup. Yeah, we did. There. You had yeah. uh, places for people to stay, and you had lots of people around, and uh, educational facilities, and farm, and I mean, it was yeah quite that, a piece of land. That was when we first started to get into sustainability and understanding mm-hmm. that, even though you know I'd been a a uh, uh, somewhat of a environmentalist uh, in some ways, you know, all my life, but. Um, but this is when we realized that, oh, there are people who actually do, quote-unquote, sustainable farming, and and that maybe our indigenous people had something to say about this and what they raised and how they raised it. And 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 then all of the, the uh, livestock that we were raising were all um, the old heritage breeds. Really? Um, and a lot of the seeds that we were uh, growing were old heritage and, you know, what they call heirloom seeds, heirloom Cattle, heirloom goats, heirloom sheep, heirloom horses. Uh, we had Cherokee Choctaw Mustangs. And, wow. And, uh, yeah, just the whole thing. So, um, and the community of people living together. We had elders um, um, uh, who would help us, a lot of different elders. Um, oh. Ann Wood, uh, Dave Sony, Judy Sony, um, just people who would give of themselves and give us wisdom and help us along the way. And, and uh and then we had, uh, you know, a sawmill. We had uh, a machine that was called planer. What they basically make um, um, crown molding, crown and moldings, and picture frames and things out of it. And starting a business from that, and wow. uh, starting a uh, trying to start a landscape business. We used the sawmill to cut our own wood a lot of times. Um, I mean, it was a big operation with a lot of people involved and a lot of help and. And our our schools were so successful that we just didn't have room for anything. We we had um, we built a right away we we, we turned the garage into a, a men's bunkhouse, and then we made a dormer above into a women's bunkhouse, and we put two bathrooms in, and and um, and still we would have schools and. People would be sleeping in their cars and sleeping on our couches and sleeping in tents. And and so that's when we decided we had to build some sleeping cabins um, because our schools were so successful. And we had Native people and non-Native people, about half and half. Okay. And about um, of the non-Native people who came, um, half of them were actual pastors and missionaries among Native Americans who oh. were trying to figure out a better way to do things. So so it was quite an impact uh, huh. that was I guess so. being held. And um, and then we had people like ourselves and Richard Twist and uh, Terry LeBlanc and um, uh, Robert Ray Francis Albert. and Fern Cloud and, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of really people who had a lived experience of uh, leadership in Indian country who... Who were making a difference, you know, coming and teaching and yeah. those kinds of things. So, yeah, it was like they say, going like gangbusters. And then you ran into some problems, some troubles, and ended up having to give up the dream and the property. Yeah. So, so a white supremacist paramilitary group um, set up a fifty caliber machine gun on our property line and. Um, basically, all times day and night, um, began to fire that to threaten us, um, and uh, 
it's loud and it has quite a range. I mean, that's a that's a threatening. Yeah. So they were, you know, the sheriff wouldn't do anything about it. They were firing on their own property line, which was on our property line too. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we were afraid, of course, of ricocheting bullets. Right? Um, they can go through a wall. Yeah, sure. Uh, afraid for our kids' lives. Afraid for our animals. Afraid for our lives and the other people in the community who live there. And uh, so at that point, we. Um, uh, and, and this had come about because of all our neighbors came against us and, and decided they didn't want us to build a school there mm. because we were Indians. Sure. And, and Indians are drunks, they said, well, and they might wander on our property and sue us for everything we got. And we'll have to hire more police to keep these Indians in line and our taxes will go up. And, you know, all these crazy racist statements they made at a public hearing. And um, and and then after that, the machine gun fire, you know, started. So, um, and you're raising your family at this time, right? These are our kids yeah. are just small. I think you know. Yeah, our our boys were the ones that. I mean, they would go out with our basset hound, and they would just roam. You know, we had fifty acres. And they would roam. We had. Our we basset had a, hound was the warg, and they were the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, that's when Lord of the Rings was really yeah, big. Yeah. And, and <coughs> that's what they did. They would go and just run and play. And who doesn't want their kids mm-hmm. to grow up outside playing? 50 right? acres and a, a creek that was no deeper than your knees at any point. Um, I mean, it was it was a paradise for these wow. kids, especially. Yeah. And they and loved it. Who came there, too. Yeah. yeah, people would love it. And. They just couldn't believe that this was, was you know, they loved it there. Yeah. And when all this happened, they were like, no, that can't be happening. Mm. So. so you had to give out the property, and the wind blew you out west, and you landed in Oregon. Yeah, we, we ended up losing everything because of the, the climate of the economy at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and so we had... <laughs> barely enough to get out west we we actually went to new mexico for 10 days and just prayed through mm. what we we're going to do and talked about it and then decided that's when we'll sell the home yeah and the farm and the dream yeah and uh it just wasn't worth one of our kids getting killed over you yeah. know and so we we tried to find something in new mexico at the time but i just couldn't find work and uh um and then we couldn't sell our home because of the economic downturn in 2008 yeah, yeah. so this was like in six, six seven and eight yeah and that was the it hit out east a lot sooner than it did out here everybody always says 208 but it was really 206 back there 206 and 207 um and yeah so it, it uh basically the only uh, sort of option that I find we wanted to move to Indian country and the only option I could find was um, out here mm. and uh, so I got hired as a halftime adjunct for a couple of years and that's when we met yeah and that first year my first class and then uh, and then I got hired uh, three-quarter time and then I finally got hired full-time and so we've been out here for 11 years and and now we're working our way back down the steps of academia <laughs> I think I've I have my fill of uh, the academic industrial complex, and uh, we want to go back to the original vision. Not that we haven't been doing it. We've, yeah. we've been carrying it on here in some ways better, but but in a much more truncated kind of experience. Yes, yeah, so you went from 50 acres to less than four. Yes. Yes. That's quite a, 
uh, sizable downshift, but you you do so much with three point eight four acres. It's amazing. Yeah, you want to walk around and yeah. take a look. Yeah. Okay. So as we're uh, walking around, we can uh, talk about sort of what's going on uh, on this property, but we also need to talk about resurrecting the dream. Yeah, we want to get to that. So I can kind of point out a few things here. We've the way things are laid out, and you know, we learned a lot on the farming side of things. Yeah. So I, I'd never even heard the word permaculture at that point, right? And yeah. so I got out here and was exposed to that and, and studied more of our um, T-I-K or T-E-K. Sometimes I say, um, um, you know, traditional ec- uh, ecological knowledge, oh. um, biomimicry, and all those kinds of things we started studying. And, and so we set this farm up actually, uh, well, one, because we had to be more efficient, but um, better than the one in Kentucky in some ways. Hmm. Um, but now that we've done this experience, yeah. I think we're, we actually, third time's a charm. We really know what to do. When, well, at least that's what they yeah, say. Yeah, put the infrastructure in first, and then everything else follows, mm. and the water is the first thing, and and all of that. And so, yeah, here we've, we've got pollinators, and we've learned about them, and we've got uh, a food forest, and we've learned about that, and we've got a greenhouse finally, and Lots of different trees. I think we've planted over 400 trees and bushes here since we've been here. Really? We've got 31 raised bed boxes, and we know how to keep seeds from uh, hybridizing with each other and planting the right species. And and our seed companies developed since we've been here. And so, yeah. uh, and then the the uh, whole idea of the food forest is that you, you eventually you know, plant uh, your wild grown stuff, the stuff that's natural to here. So we'll. Right away, that's that's one of the first things we would do down there is begin to plant wild growns, all the things that belong there that we don't have to tend too much. You know, it's wild oh. tending, sometimes they call it, but but uh, it's what will grow there naturally without having to, to do much to Interesting. it. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, so there's there's a whole sort of way that you go about this that I, I think that we'll get, you know, right this time. Yeah. <laughs> so the greenhouse has extended your growing season. It's allowed you to... Uh, start the seedlings earlier in the year. So right. Because Oregon, the growing season is not that long. And yeah. it's getting I mean, shorter. The weather here is changing so drastically. Even in the 11 years we've been here, yeah. it's gone crazy. Huh. I mean, we've had terrible droughts the last two summers. Yeah. 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 Our well went out here last year and we had to replace the, the well. Wow. Because it took so much water. And we save about 3,800 gallons before summer starts. Wow. In tanks and stuff, off roofs. Yeah. Well, because of the drought, you know, we we experienced, you know, not just our tanks going out, but the pond, mm-hmm. you know, went low. And then the creek went very, very low. And it got to a point where it was just sitting, well, not moving at all. And, and that's like the first time that happened. Wow. The, the summer before that, that's what saved everything is because we had the creek. Mm. And um, that's why our pump, our well went out. is because we put too much pressure on it because the we had to keep things watered to keep things growing. And even yeah. then it was like yeah, yeah, we had to select it. Stuff. We had to select what was most important. Wow. And we so, end up losing so a, lot. a lot. of seeds and a lot of yeah. uh, harvest. You know, whenever I talk about Oregon, everyone talks about the rain. <laughs> but uh, yeah. rain is a blessing, but it depends how it yeah. arrives. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> if it all arrives at once, 
<laughs> you don't get to utilize it. Yeah. So um, I, I think the, the wonderful thing about this property that we're looking at is, and it, how it came about is quite a story too, but it, it has an actual spring on it that is just year-round, mm. never never lowers, never stops, comes out of uh, the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. This is in, in New Mexico. Yeah, this is the yeah, spring in New Mexico. Like right. It's almost like an oh, oasis. It is an yeah. oasis. Yeah, it's, it's this green, lush piece of property in the middle of... A desert. Yeah, it's amazing. The pictures are fantastic. There's an old vineyard there. An old vineyard, oh, they, they think. You know, the oldest vineyards in the United States are in New Mexico. So they were planted about 1725. Okay. And um, we don't know how old this one is, but they think this is from around within 100 years of that era. Really? So these are over 500 grapevines, four different varieties. And we'll have to do a lot more research about this, but a person who lived on the property has been telling us about this. And um, no one has been tending them, and yet they're still producing grapes year after year after year. Wild. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Because it was just a sagebrush field, and all of a sudden they realized there's grapes under here. Mm-hmm. So I can, can you imagine what it'd be for those grapes to actually be a little bit of TLC yeah, on those grapes? Yeah. I mean, I can imagine they're just going to, like, flourish, like, whoa, what's happening? And they're saying there's a dozen fruit trees around the same thing. There's, you know, Chinese elms and other things growing up around them that need to be cut away. Yeah. It's kind of like a diamond in the rough. Yeah. And it's going to take a lot of work, there's no doubt. Yeah. But, um, I mean, everything is there um, to create this kind of uh, sustainable, regenerative farm. Mm. And then the Learning Center is this great old building, an old one, I call it the Hacienda. <laughs> um, and it's it, gorgeous. It has, it's uh, got this large teaching room. One of the problems here is that We've always had to do, if we can't be outside, which you can't in Oregon a good deal That's of right, the time. Yeah. So here, we only have our living room when it's mm-hmm. bad weather outside, which is most of the time. I've seen you put like 18 people in there. Yeah, so I think we've actually got like we've 40 had, in there. No, no, no we've had eight, over 80 people in there, well, and that was, that was at busting at the seams. That was people standing with the door no. open, standing with the windows open, standing on the outside on the porch. But that was Richard's memorial That service. was Richard's oh. memorial service that we had here. We had a small one here but for him. In but still, groups, I think 40's been I think an university the, yeah, group here was, one time that, yeah. There was about 40 people in, and it is tight quarters, you know. Yeah. It, that that living room will comfortably hold maybe a dozen would be tight, right? Right, right. So, um, so this place, yeah. uh, the Hacienda oh, has this, this great. giant, nice, nice room, a teaching room. It's just perfect um, for to set, you know, benches around and things around and, and uh, uh, yeah, it's, 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 and then it's got um, five rooms upstairs which i think can easily be converted to eight um and so there's plenty of room you know we'll be able to have schools of probably 35 to 40 easily um Mm. and uh and probably accommodate others in other ways so other ways so Mm. um yeah so and there are other outbuildings as well it's it's quite i mean it's it's spaced out yeah and so that will be the indigenous learning center okay basically is what we'll call that and in uh, sort of the other side of the road over where our house will be, will be the farm, mostly the farm side. There'll be some on the other side as well. And, uh, yeah, that's, 
that's kind of the plan so far. And, and we also will be um, stepping up our uh, responsibility in our sort of creation justice uh, mode. I've been just naturally have been given a much bigger platform than I had in the past. And so that that's going to be a, a one of our, our, our four points of our vision. All right. to uh, continue to have as much influence as we can and to be a guide, a cultural guide, if you will, to try and get um, our indigenous elders involved in decision-making at the highest levels that we can get them making decisions about uh, about what's happening on Earth here. So. Okay. So let's talk about the, the campaign that launched today. You, I don't know if you want to talk about how it came about or if you just want to uh, talk about what's going on currently. But, um, yeah, so, um, <laughs> uh, it started back. Well, I don't know if it could, you could say it started, but it was kind of birthed back in, um, when we were in Ojai, California, I okay. think, wasn't it? Yeah, we did a, um, like was, a year and a half ago. No, 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 no. just, just, this just past recently. Year. Yeah. Oh, a couple of months ago. We did a reparations uh, workshop, right? Um, with uh, Solvi Nelson Gooden, mm-hmm. and um, uh, her and I did a reparations workshop, and and we started talking, and and as we were doing this, we we're like, well, you know, should we mention the fact that all this happened to us, <laughs> and maybe maybe it would be uh, appropriate, uh, or some people might feel it's appropriate to to help us with some reparations after we lost really about three hundred fifty thousand in equity to to our Kentucky home there. Mm. And and we lost much more than that, of course, but that's just the monetary value. But we lost a lot more emotionally and physically and the effect on our family and everything, but, and financially um, for us personally. But um, And so we talked about that, and we actually started to create a page. And um, a couple of my former students, uh, which my former <laughs> students are the best students in the world. They are just fantastic. It, they, are, they Really, I mean, I, I look out and... If I, if there's nothing else in my life that I have, a, that I can accomplish, is the influence that I had in the lives of my former students, and, wow. and uh, they're doing such great stuff. But, but a couple of them, um, uh, Erna Kim Hackett uh, and uh, Joshua Grace, said, "No, no, forget about that reparation stuff. That you know, people aren't probably going to give to that. You know, it's a nice idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a biblical thing. It's a, you know, mm-hmm. but but they're just not going to. Right? Okay." Let us do something for you. Let us do a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe campaign. Yeah. And uh, and and sort of so Erna and Joshua then began to take the bull by the horn, as they say, and and uh, create this pathway to doing a GoFundMe campaign. So it's called GoFundMe Resurrect Elahe, and they've been in charge of all this and uh, doing a fantastic job and. And sort of had let me in on some of the planning, and it's been being planned for the last what month and a half or so. Couple months, yeah. Um, and finally, today's the kickoff. So, you know, I, I and I can't say, you know, how uh, grateful I am to Joshua and Erna, and also my new friend Amy, Amy who, who was the um, uh, videographer, videographer and editor of this project as well. So. Yeah, I'll link to the video, but it's a really, it, it turned out amazing. Yeah. It did. It was, I was really surprised. Amy did, uh, between her and Erna, they came out and 
out of their own hearts and what they believe in. And out of their own pockets. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I meant. Is that their own <laughs> yeah. pockets, you know, that's what I meant. Their own hearts that came out and they, um, they just did this. And I know they both have full-time jobs and they got other issues and other stuff that they are involved in, but um, they came out hmm. for the weekend, for a long weekend, and followed us around with, <laughs> with you know, mics and uh, videos in our faces, and, and it was great, but, you know, it's like... Um, they came in the seed room with you. They came in the seed room with me. That's not that big they watched us cooking. They watched, <laughs> they watched us cook, and it was just like <laughs> you know, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it was, was a lot fun. of fun. We had a lot of laughs, and they lovers. just they took our story, and they 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 did an awesome piece with it. Mm. And it's so such a short video. Mm-hmm. It's like wow. That whole weekend accumulated to this little bitty what, five minute yeah. video, six it's minute a 30 video. Thirty second, thirty minute five minutes. Yeah, it's just like wow. That yeah. whole weekend turned into this, and so it's um, my heart and mm. appreciation goes out to those two a lot. Yeah. So it's on Facebook. People can watch it. Yes. It's on YouTube, and uh, soon it'll be on Twitter as well. Yeah. There'll so be a Twitter we'll, part of it. Yeah. Hashtag resurrect Alahey. Okay. And Ayla Hay spelled E-L-O-H-E-H. Most people don't know how to spell resurrect either. But, uh, it's a, it has a Z in it, One right? S and no. <laughs> no Z, I sorry. Res Ayla Hay, but oh, they didn't think it. Yeah. It's kind of a double yes, entendre. right. But, um, uh, yeah, so there's two R's in resurrect and one S. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it's hashtag resurrect Ayla Hay. And then the GoFundMe site is uh, GoFundMe.com slash resurrect Ayla Hay. Okay. Yeah. And so the hope is to raise $350,000 That's to, the hope. to get you guys uh, down to New Mexico and to help you set up the education center. Yes. Yeah, the learning center. So yeah. it's a um, uh, it, it, it's not just for the purchase of part of that property. So we're we're intending with the sale of our home to purchase half of the property ourselves where we will build a home and we'll put most of the farm. The other half of the property, um, our organization is going to purchase it with these funds, and they're all all donations are tax deductible on the GoFundMe site uh, or anywhere else. <coughs> and um, but it also includes re- repairing and remodeling of this uh, huge hacienda, hacienda. building um, because we're going to need a lot of things done, and and that will even though. Um, we're looking at you know over a hundred thousand, uh, maybe one hundred fifty thousand in terms of new bathrooms, new kitchens, and all that. We're still going to be looking for volunteers to do electrical and plumbing, and you know um, remodeling and carpentry, and you know all those kinds of things that that uh, we'll be wanting help with, which is kind of fun for us because we get a chance to know more people and and spend time with people and find out, you know, the sometimes you forget there's a lot of good people in the world mm-hmm. and. Uh, we miss chances if we don't get to spend time with them. So. No. But also there's the grounds. You didn't say anything about the grounds. There's a lot of work that needs to be done around the hacienda. Um, they have these uh, trees or plants trees called to heaven, trees to heaven or angels to they heaven. Look like fir- or, uh, they ferns. look like ferns, but they're not. But they're they kind of really an invasive, invasive. Oh. species. Oh. And you know, it's okay to have a couple around, but it's kind of like the blackberries here in Oregon, Oof. you know, so, um, 
So we need a, there's a lot of cleanup that needs to be done. The the pond, the spring needs to be cleaned mm-hmm. out and, the you know, really everything. A, I mean, it's, it's. It's a diamond in there, the rough. There was a person living there for a couple of years, and then he had to leave for health reasons. Um, he lost a lung, and uh, he loved the property and loved it, and we've been in conversation with him. But it really, before that, has been um, neglected for I don't know how many decades. But um, And so it's it, it just has to be. It it's, little, it's a little overgrown. Yeah. 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 So, deferred maintenance, we call it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but you know what's really cool about this piece of property is that besides the pond and the spring and all the vegetation and all of that, but there's this one tree. It's kind of... It's a cottonwood. It's a cottonwood, and it is humongous. Mm. I mean, even if Randy and I stood around it and tried to join hands, there's no way. There'd at least five people to stand around it. That's wow. how big the trunk is. Oh. I'm serious. It, and it's crazy because it cottonwoods is. usually don't grow that big. They usually fall down before that. Oh, okay. This, this has got to be some is. sort of historic tree. And, and it's a very sacred place, by the way. Yeah. It, I mean, we recognize right away the the sacredness of this place um, with the spring um, and the pond and the tree. And just the, there's a, a sachet going through it, which most people don't know what that is. But that's how water gets moved around properties in New Mexico. It comes out from the spring, goes throughout mm-hmm. the property. There Say is it again. What's the a word? Sequia? A sequia. Yeah, okay. Yeah. A sequia. And it goes way back. The traditional people use that to uh, do uh, to move yeah, the water and then around. The Spanish uh, yeah. used it when they came in to, to move water through. And it's very um, in New Mexico. That's that's how water gets moved through ditches. Yeah. So um, it's a uh, the, a sacred place. And the thing that probably it makes me feel so right about everything is it's it's a, a local pueblo elder mm-hmm. who found the place for us and has asked us to move there. And so we feel already that we've been welcomed to the land. Wow. And, um, and we're, and, and it wasn't even for sale. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. And, and we just wrote the guy and he said, why don't you come down, stay a week and we'll see talk what you about think it. about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, it's becoming more and more real and we're in conversation. And so, yeah, it's. Um, it's a vision that is very promising. Mm. I can tell that you are both very uh, uh, excited and hopeful about reclaiming the vision and resurrecting um, the learning center and what that would mean for both the people who would come there, but also for you to have a place to really demonstrate um, all that you've learned and then to invite people up into that mm. story. And so we're really uh, excited about it. We're off to a good start. The, the, the GoFundMe's only been open a couple hours, and there are about 15,000 so far. Yeah. A little and over so, 15. Yeah, so as people start uh, sharing that and as they start giving and people are trying to figure out uh, what they can do, we're hoping to see that climb, and uh, it'd be very encouraging. Yeah. So um, we're just so there's a lot of things that have to kind of take place. So we're praying, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of you know the sale of our home, um, the right price for the other property. The the owner's still thinking about all of that, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it's just there's there's a lot of uh, moving parts. Yeah, 
but um, so far we're we're feeling a very uh, sort of a sacred hand of the spirit moving us through this thing, and so we're not too worried. Great. So people can go to GoFundMe. Uh, they can watch the video. I'll link to it in the show notes. They can even go to our website, Yamahay. Yeah. dot org, and mm-hmm. you can see the video there. And there's a link also to the GoFundMe site. Yeah, I think the same on our Facebook page. So. And then also, you can also go through uh, YouTube also. Okay. And it's on YouTube. Yeah, my channel. On Great. So thank you for listening in, and we. Uh, hope that you will share this story share the video and get the word out for people who might want to give to a tax deductible donation uh, we're, we're just past tax season and so people know that they gotta uh, support uh, to balance out their taxes so this would be a great way to do that <laughs> sure any angle works for me that's right thanks both thanks both yep.